Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast. I'm Bethan and this week there is no Mark. Um, this is also not the episode that I was that we were planning to release for you guys either. So Mark has been poorly and also he's had a bit of a family drama and our plan was to then try and record our normal episode for you at some point this week. What I've decided to do, because I've managed to dig out um, a slightly shorter script, which wasn't supposed to be a main episode, but I just thought this way we can get something out for you guys this week. And once he's able to and he's back up to normal, we will record not only next week's episode, which will be a normal episode, but we'll also record his episode and you'll get some sort of bonus. So this will end up being like a little bit of a bonus episode. So I do apologise that it's going to be shorter than normal this week. Um, so please do forgive us for that. And we don't have Patreon thank yous or anything like that, purely because I'm not really that prepared. Um, but I just thought, do you know what? I'll get you guys something out. So, um, yeah, hope this makes any sort of sense. I'm rambling now, aren't I guys? So I'm going to crack on with the case. So today's case for you is a murder and crimes like this are quite rare in places like Wiltshire and they shock the communities surrounding the area. Wiltshire police only reported four killings in the 12 months prior to March 2017, so the Home Office murder and manslaughter figures show. And the year previously, there had been three. This is compared with national figures which were released that showed that there were 709 homicides in 2016-17. Now, of these 709-96 were the football fans who died at Hillsborough, whose deaths were investigated by an inquest in early 2016. And I thought that was quite an interesting nod to one of my previous cases. But the reason I included these facts is it really highlights how unusual and shocking it is for Wiltshire police to have to investigate a murder. This case and this week we'll be looking at the murder of a Polish national. It is one of my go-tos, this is a fire, and the police have requested anyone who has any information to contact them and they especially reached out to the Polish community. It's a really, really sad case that there seems to have been very little known about the woman who died. She doesn't seem to have had many friends and there's no family locally who miss her. Ever since I first saw about this, I've just followed the case with interest, hoping for justice for Agnieszka, but there just isn't much information and it feels like she's being forgotten about. So I really hope that this is just me getting the wrong impression and I'm wrong there. On the 13th of January 2018, emergency services were called out to a house fire in Froome Road, Trowbridge. Six fire crews ended up being in attendance as the fire was so crazy and one witness later described it as an inferno. It was about one in the morning and the semi-detached house was already well alight when they arrived. Two of the fire crews were from Trowbridge, two were from Warminster, one was from Melksham and one was from Westbury and the firefighters had to use breathing equipment to enter the property. They were then supported by the aerial appliance from Bath and an instant command vehicle from Devizes. The whole road was closed off and ambulances and police also attended the scene. Unlike other cases where we know exactly who was meant to be inside a home at any time, the fire crews weren't given specific instructions. The house was one that was lived in by a number of people. Often people were living there for a short time before moving on and there wasn't a specific person or family who lived in the house all the time. No one knew for sure who was meant to be there. No one could tell the authorities. And the severity of the fire raised suspicions and extensive damage to the house made recoveries really difficult. The firefighters had to battle through really thick smoke, 
Fire crew manager for Dorset and Wiltshire Fire and Rescue Service, Paul Beatty, said that when he went into the house and up the stairs, he noticed the doorknob on one of the bedrooms had actually melted. He said there was no paint or wallpaper left. Everything that could burn had done and everything was so hot. He broke down a door into a bedroom and he could see nothing but thick black smoke. Crawling on his hands and knees, he managed to feel a duvet and realised there was someone underneath. It took three firefighters to carry her down the stairs and out to safety. This woman was Agnieszka Switchka Jaros, a 37-year-old woman originally from Poland. And I really hope that I've pronounced her name correctly. I really hope I have. It's a difficult one, um, but I really hope I did. And Agnieszka was taken to the Royal United Hospital in Bath before being transferred to a specialist burns unit at Morriston Hospital in Swansea. She was reportedly in a critical but stable condition. In the press at the time, Agnieszka wasn't named. A spokesman for the Dorset and Wiltshire Fire and Rescue Service was quoted as saying no further details of the casualty will be released until the next of kin have been contacted. And they soon opened up a joint investigation with Wiltshire Police into the cause of the fire. Now straight away they came up into difficulty. The house was occupied at this point by eight Polish nationals and trying to get them to open up wasn't easy. The police struggled to find out much about Agnieszka and they soon found out though she had shared a room with two men. So there was Peter Kurlio and Sigmund Bartholomew. The fire was determined to have started, been started deliberately and fuel was found in the lounge and the kitchen. So Peter and Zygmunt were both arrested on suspicion of arson with intent to cause harm to life, but they were later released due to insufficient evidence. However, they were released under police investigation, so whilst the police inquiries continued, the case took a tragic turn when, two weeks after the fire, Agnieszka died as a result of multiple organ failure due to smoke inhalation at Morriston Hospital in Swansea. It was now a potential murder inquiry and the police needed to find Agnieszka's family to notify, but her name then wasn't released until the 20th of March 2018. So this was the 13th of January and then the 20th of March. The Brunel Major Crime Investigations Team, so a collaboration between several regional police forces, was by this point handling the investigation and the lead, Detective Inspector Taylor, said to the press, Although Agnieszka died in hospital at the end of January, we are only now at a stage to release a public statement about her death and the murder investigation because of some delay in contacting her next of kin and organising a formal identification to take place. Since the fire, we have been carrying out a detailed investigation, including forensic analysis, house-to-house inquiries and obtaining witness statements. This is proving to be a complex case, but we can now confirm that we are treating Agnieszka's death as murder. And Detective Inspector Taylor continued by saying, I would like to extend my heartfelt sympathies to her family and would like to reassure the public that we are doing everything we can to ascertain how the fire started and who was responsible. I would also like to urge anyone who may have any information about the incident, including anyone who may have witnessed anyone acting suspiciously before the fire or in the week since, to contact police. And a police officer called DCI Carter told the Wiltshire Times that they were looking for a motive in the attack. He also asked the public for information, pleading, if someone has seen anything suspicious around that location shortly after 1.30am on January 13th, or heard things in the community, particularly within the Polish community, we need them to come forward. Our community policing team is trying to make inroads into the local Polish community, as I do believe 
key to this investigation will be amongst the local Polish community. We are working very closely with forensic scientists, forensic fire investigators and the public to piece together what might have caused the fire. The coroner has released the body back to her family and they are making arrangements in terms of a funeral. We need to build up a picture of Nishka, who she was, how she lived her life, who she associated with, and we want to build up a picture of events that led up to the fire. And then another two men were arrested, but not charged. And there really isn't much that has been released about Agnieszka. She had come to the UK from Poland nine years previously, and she spent most of her adult life in Plymouth. She then moved to Trowbridge in August 2017. Press in Plymouth ran stories about the arson attack, hoping for information too, as well as the press local to Trowbridge. And a photo of the 37-year-old was released alongside repeated pleas from the local Polish community to help the police. They also said she didn't have a job and she lived a hand-to-mouth existence, sharing that Froome Road house with a number of other people. But this was all that was really known about Agnieszka. The police really struggled to find out more about Agnieszka and her life, as well as her death, and often mentioned it was because they weren't getting anywhere with the local Polish community. However, locals weren't sure why this was. Kate Basinika, who helped to run the Polish Sunday school for more than 130 families in Trowbridge, said to the press, I think that there is a good relationship between the police and the Polish community. They have been very helpful in the neighbourhood, in my opinion. I have helped them before when acting as a translator for Polish people in the past, but I am not the person who knows about this sort of news. And members of Trowbridge Polish community did point out that the community is rather large, with several different elements, so just because someone was Polish didn't necessarily mean that they would have known Agnieszka. Most people spoken to by the press said that they were happy to try and help the police, but Polish social club member Justina Suszek said, I think the Polish community is quite divided. Some attend the social club and the church, but others don't. It's difficult to think who would have known her because she was only here for such a short time. I hope the community can help because this is very serious. I don't think it makes a difference if it is the Polish community or any other community. The inquest into Agnieszka's death opened on March the 8th, 2018 at the Salisbury Coroner's Court and resumed on Tuesday the 16th of July, 2019. It was scheduled to take two days and numerous witnesses were called to testify. They described the fire as an inferno and one said that they had heard screaming from upstairs bedroom and this was where Agnieszka was trapped before being rescued by the fire crews. Officers and fire investigators stated to the court that they had suspected that the fire was started deliberately as traces of fuel were found all over the house and it's believed that the fire was started in both the lounge and the kitchen. DC David Topp, who investigated the case, told the court how the severity of the fire also raised suspicions. He said there was extensive damage to the house which made investigations difficult. However, accelerants were found in the kitchen and the living room. There was no indication of a break-in. We seized the mobile phones of all occupants in the house, but we were unable to retain any evidence from them and any new evidence will be investigated. So Peter and Zygmunt, who had shared a room with Agnieszka, gave their testimony. So Peter at the court in person and Zygmunt via a written statement. Peter said, me and Zygmunt went to bed at about 10pm. He woke me up again at around 1am because there was no alcohol in the house and we drove to Tesco to buy some more, but Zygmunt realised he'd left his wallet behind and we walked back to get it. We then drank some beers down by the river. When we returned home, we couldn't get back in the house and there were fire engines there. And CCTV footage did show them drive to Tesco at this time. But in his statement that was read out, Zygmunt didn't like mention anything about that forgotten wallet. 
They'd both been arrested, like I mentioned before, on suspicion of arson with intent to cause harm to life, but they were later released due to insufficient evidence, as I mentioned earlier, and both men did deny having anything to do with the fire. Fire crew manager for Dorset and Wiltshire Fire and Rescue Service, Paul Beatty, told the court, I went into the house and up the stairs and noticed the doorknob on one of the bedrooms had melted. There was no paint or wallpaper left. Everything that could burn had done and everything was so hot. I broke down the door to the bedroom and could see nothing but thick black smoke. I had to crawl on my hands and knees and feel my way around the room. I felt the wardrobe and what felt like a duvet and then I realised there was someone underneath the duvet. I thought I heard a groan and it was Agnieszka. When I turned her over I called for help and three of us carried her down the stairs. The cause of death was confirmed as multiple organ failure due to smoke inhalation which was worsened by her ongoing liver problems. The coroner, Nicholas Reinberg, told the conclusion of the two-day hearing of his concerns that the investigation had been hindered and he said he feared suspects hadn't been truthful in their accounts to the police. He said, This investigation has not been hampered by the lack of evidence but by the lack of truth in the witnesses' conflicted accounts of the night. It is not my job to determine who is responsible for this fire. I am, however, convinced that this fire was a deliberate act and confirm the death of Agnieszka to be an unlawful killing. And that is literally all we know about Agnieszka and the fire that claimed her life. There's literally nothing else about her, about her life. It's very little that we can find out. And it's really sad because it comes all the way from back in 2018. And still you sort of have the, if you have a look online, there's only a few photos of her. And very little kind of came out after that conclusion of the, in, of the inquest. The coroner was convinced that this was a deliberate fire that was set. This was murder and still nobody's been brought to justice. And so I do apologise that this is such a short case, such a short episode for you all. Um, Obviously, normally we'd be having a bit of a discussion around this. And I was planning to have this case potentially in an episode where I talk about a couple of different cases. It wasn't something I'd prepared ready for this week. But hopefully um, you've enjoyed listening to this and, and hearing. And it's always really important, isn't it, to remember people, especially like Agnieszka, when they're there's just not much about them in the media. And I do apologise again that you haven't got your full episode, but I'm sure you'll join me in wishing Mark that he gets well soon. We'll release this as a little bonus for you and then you'll have your full episodes once we're able to get recording. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me this week. And we'll be back next week as normal. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.